Bacon. Get out. No, that's not acceptable. I, Get out. I, I kind of do. I don't order it. Does fruit belong but on pizza? Fruit does not belong on pizza. Well, Can we uh, start the no, show? No, wait a minute, because here. technically tomatoes are fruit, and without tomato, you got no sauce. So if we were on the road right now, I would pull this van over, and I would kick you to the curb. Well, I want to start the show. You do? i got to work today. Da, da, not that da, this da, isn't da, work. Da, da. <laughs> The no. Well, I gotta say the thing. Oh, Lord. Stop it. 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 Stop uh, 51 degrees was the high on this day in 1925, and it was 24 below in 1935. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiman. You ready, boys? This is breaking as we begin recording. Uh-oh. Around the noon hour, uh, recording Garage Logic podcast number 318. Oh, we're so doomed. Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez is calling on Iowa Democratic officials to immediately re-canvas the whole thing. <laughs> re-canvas Monday's caucus after delays of uncertainty and growing concerns about the accuracy of the results. Enough is enough, Perez said, in light of the problems that have emerged in the implementation of the delegate selection plan and in order to assure public confidence in the results, I am calling on the Iowa Democratic Party to immediately begin a re-canvas. Today's lead from a George Wills column. The Progressive Party's Iowa caucuses were a hilarious parody of progressive governance. <laughs> ambitious, complex, subtle, and a carnival of unintended consequences. The party that promises to fine-tune everything, from the production of wealth to the allocation of health care to the administration of education, produced a fittingly absurd climax to what surely was <laughs> Iowa's final strut as a national distraction. That old fuddy-duddy, he can right. write. Right. He's so right. good. He can write. And here, almost to rest his case, to rest George's case, it's breaking at noon on Feb 6, 2020, that the Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez is saying, basically, we got to start over. <laughs> we got to start over. Yep. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. We thought we were on top of everything, but uh, Iowa Democratic Caucus, re- uh, the percentage is based on partial returns of the estimated number of state convention delegates won by each candidate through the caucus process are known as state delegate equivalents or SDEs. In my lifetime, I have never seen something so written in stone, so so traditionally viable and credible as the act of voting turned into what George Will might call the carnival of unintended consequences. <laughs> the effort to continue to fix a system that was never broken 
is completely ruining American faith in the election process. Yeah. And here's the leader of the DNC coming out to say, this is so screwed up in mm-hmm. Iowa <laughs> that we doubt the veracity of it, if we, or we must display to the public that we think we doubt the veracity of it, and you got to re-canvas. you got to count over. Are we count expecting um, dramatically different results? Uh, I, I have no idea. Uh, right now it stands Sanders 24.7%, Buttigieg 21.3%. Uh, in voters' reallocated preference, Sanders 265 Buttigieg 25%. Uh, results from the contest held Monday were delayed by what organizers said was a problem with a smartphone app. Why did you need that? Why did you need that? You didn't need that. If you were that involved that you're going to be voting There's in a caucus. There's 12 people in Iowa. Right. Just you, raise your hand. I'll boom. count it. I, nay, 12. <laughs> Final tallies have been expected that evening, but instead partial results were released Tuesday and then through Wednesday. Uh, Nevada's Democratic Party, which had planned to use the app for its Feb 22 caucus, said a day after the fiasco in Iowa that it would not use the app. The state's Democratic Party said Tuesday that it had previously developed backup plans for its reporting systems and was in the process of evaluating the best path forward. Cybersecurity experts who examined the public version of the smartphone app told NBC News it contained technical and design flaws and appeared to have been rushed into use. Why? Why? Indeed. Candidates in the crowded Democratic field needed to meet a threshold of support, at least 15% of attendees in most caucus sites, to become viable, or they saw supporters move on to someone else. Even with only a little more than 90% reporting in Iowa, Buttigieg Wednesday night continued to tout the caucus as a victory. He's no dummy. He's just going to continue to say, I'm the winner. Here we go. Uh, Telling a New York fundraising event that we remain in the lead. There is just no question that Monday in Iowa represents an astonishing victory for our vision. This is Buttigieg. For our candidacy and for this country, the former South Bend, Indiana mayor said, according to a pool report. Mm. A pool report is when you... uh, Stand around. There's a different name for that one. We always used to cover the World yeah, Series. Don't say it, please. No. We always had a different name for the pool report. <laughs> was it a cluster? It was a cluster. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, do you believe in momentum, and do you believe that this will, in, uh, in fact, uh, harm the momentum of whoever no. in, in the weeks to come? I don't. I think Iowa will be proven to be a what is there forty three delegates at stake out of three thousand something? Something like that. It's, yeah. it's a non-factor. The only reason Iowa. Uh, gets the attention it does is because it's the first. Right. And so the media flocks there. Right. And they turn it into a, a carnival of unintended consequences. A, a bigger deal than it actually is. It's not is. a big deal at all. Right. Uh, now, uh, I was reading this in the same George Will column, and it caused me to go do some homework. Okay, you got the Trumper now. He's been acquitted, and uh, he's spending the day pretty much uh, going after his opponents. Uh, God help me, I'm naive. I didn't think he'd use the national prayer breakfast to rep his opponents, but I I am naive. Uh, Nothing will stop him from that. In any event, uh, he's been acquitted. Can we move on? What are the Democrats offering? It's still an uncoalesced field. It's still burning with preposterous claims of socialism. And listen to Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Here's George Will again. 
like a toddler trailing a security blanket across Iowa. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren clung to identity politics with a fervor that suggested desperation and defied caricature. Eventual autopsies of her campaign and perhaps of the Democrats' presidential hopes should ponder this promise to Iowans. For the purpose of restoring integrity and competence to government, she will have at least 50% of cabinet positions filled by women and non-binary people, and a young trans person will vet her Secretary of Education candidates. In the Democrats' ideological auction, Warren bested Pete Buttigieg, who, in what counts in today's Democratic Party as a Solomonic, Solomonic, Sol- Solomonic, Solomonic, Sol- Sol- the wisdom of Solom, uh, uh, centrism, <laughs> promised that only half Half the members of his cabinet will have X chromosomes. I can't look at it. I looked at it. That was really complicated. No, but I mean, this is what's going up against Trump. Trump gets up there Monday night, Tuesday night, and says, what a great country we have. We're booming. We've got this. And and, and Elizabeth Warren is pledging that half her cabinet be non-binary people, and she'll have a trans, <laughs> a young trans person vet her. Se- this is what the American public has to choose from? <laughs> I looked it up. Why the pandering? I, I wondered, what is the percentage? Well, you just nailed it. You just gave it away the punchline. It's pandering, Joe. <laughs> what, what, what is the percentage of LGBT Qualified. people in yeah. the United States? Anyone? I'll look that up. No, oh, did I, you already? I did it already. Okay, okay, you, you, did. Know, you know what you have? What kind of wisdom you have? Solomonic. 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 <laughs> Thank you. What, what is the percentage uh, in the United States? Uh, oh, it's got to be 10%. I'm going to guess 8. I'm going 5. Well, wait, please tell me you have it. It's 0.6%. No way. Not even 1%. No. So you narrow down the choices of qualified candidates to uh, 0.6% percentage of the population? Well, you have a a Democratic presidential candidate here, Elizabeth Warren, who is appealing to 0.6% of the population. Now, that's according to the Williams Institute, a 2016 study. Well... I thought, Joe, you better find Solomonic. out. Thank you. Well, you me. better find out what the hell is the Williams Institute. Well, it's none other than the Williams Institute is a function of the, uni- uh, the UCLA School of Law. Oh. The UCLA School of Law. And it's an institute devoted to studying uh, gender issues. You would think, I don't think I'm out on a limb yeah. to suggest that such an institution would would prefer to have found more than uh, 0.6% of the population. Yeah. But that's what they came up with in a study in uh, 2016. You can look up the Williams Institute. Uh, well, I was going to say, Joe, if anybody would know, it would be them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not some right-wing uh, institute. It's not some left-wing institute. It's some outgrowth of the UCLA School of Law. Uh, research that matters, it says, uh, and then it goes on to say. And then, in on their site, they they feature news from the LGBTQ arena around the country. Sure, they'll course. have a piece here. You know, a transgender boy sues New York State over sex on birth certificate. A Georgia lawmaker wants to make treatments for transgender kids a felony. The poorest among us, blah blah blah. Yeah, the okay. daily news. So it's yeah. a it's a sex site. It's right. a gender site. Right. Gender right. studies site. Right. Right. So here is a Elizabeth <laughs> yeah. Warren on top of her socialistic tendencies, wanting to fill her cabinet. Let me repeat it. And, and how can this play on Main Street America? Mm. Nothing I'm saying is against anybody anybody's gender. 
Uh, but I'm saying at point at zero point six percent of the population, you don't matter. Right. You don't yeah, matter. You don't get that much of the oil with this. You matter as a human, wheel. and you should have your rights. But you don't matter enough that half the cabinet should be this. You're not a lobby. You're not. <laughs> you don't have lobby status. I, I mean, I think you're speaking the truth. Didn't we have a delegate down in Iowa early earlier this week who, when she found out that Pete was gay, she right. wanted to yeah. retract her right. vote, yeah. right. and she's a, a Democrat, right? A lefty, right? A potential commie, and she is so backwater. No, she just looks so stupid that, that she decided once she found out she wanted to retract. Well, well you're going to meet that kind of resistance all over this country. That kind of backwater nonsense. At least fifty percent of cabinet positions, according to Elizabeth Warren, will be filled by women and non-binary people, and a young trans person will vet her secretary. Of education candidates. Why? Why is that important? Again, for the euphorians listening or people in Liberal Lakes, Diversityville, uh, I'm not suggesting that uh, to be transgendered uh, is a uh, is a is a detriment to your own personal life and livelihood. I am merely suggesting why would such a small percentage of the American population have such a disproportionate representation in the government of a president? Disproportionate. Uh, that's that's not even enough. And I'm saying why would you limit your choices to just that group? Yeah. Because now you're eliminating all the other viable candidates. Yeah, but they they get all of the attention. They they get the squeaky wheel um, attention. Well, the whole I, the whole idea of hiring the best is long gone. It's all based now on identity politics. We want to be the first, 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 first. If, if, if uh, your secretary of uh, state Elizabeth uh, is transgender, but happens to be the best secretary of state in the world, I'm all for it. Absolutely, yeah. I'm all for it. Hell to the yes. But, but for you to tell me that it's uh, it's important for you to have uh, a transgender secretary of state, just not that she said this specifically, but just for the sake of having a transgender secretary of state. Makes no sense. Makes right, no sense. Right, right. That's just rewarding the politics of identity. Now there might be two bits of ray of hope. That, okay, uh, give us some positive. Positive here. Thursday. What are you bringing give to it the table? By the way, thank you, Mike Schoonover, for sponsoring today's sure. version of GL. We're here for Mike today. Positive Thursday. I, think, I got a problem. I think we are. Today's Democratic Party is unrecognizable to two-time former Obama. National Finance Committee member Don Peebles. Uh, appearing on Fox and Friends with host Steve Ducey, Peebles said he was astonished by his party members' behavior at President Trump's State of the Union address. On Tuesday evening, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made waves when she tore up the speech. Uh, now Republicans are calling for ethics charges against her. Uh, you know, let it go. Let it go. Look, I just don't recognize the Democratic Party right now, Peebles said. I mean, the party has turned so far left. Also, to see members of Congress jointly dressing up in white as some form of protest or solidarity at the State of the Union address is astonishing. Peebles told Ducey he attended his first State of the Union address at age 17 under President Jimmy Carter, and that even then, Republicans and Democrats respected the president. In addition, Peebles said that Pelosi's behavior was unprofessional, undiplomatic, and disrespectful, not just to the president, but to the country. He said he believes her conduct makes people call her leadership into question. I think the danger is when you try to hold on to power too long, you start having to compromise your principles and your core values because generally the politics shift, Peebles said, and the politics have shifted under her. All right. We'll go on now to James Carville. 
You all know James Carville, the Raging Cajun? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah. My name is James Carville. Raging Cajun. Democratic strategist James Carville is sounding the alarm on the direction of the Democratic Party. Uh, He helped lead Bill Clinton to the White House, we all know. He said that he is scared to death over the future of the Democratic Party, lamenting the party's radical leftward shift. I'm 75 years old. Why am I here doing this? Because I'm scared to death. That's why, Carville said on MSNBC. We've got to decide what we want to be. Are we going to be an ideological cult, or do we want to have a majoritarian instinct to be a majority power? Over the course of his lengthy interview, Carville declared that the Democratic Party needs to wake up, compared Bernie Sanders to the Jeremy Corbyn, a radical liberal who recently resigned as the head of the U.K.'s Labor Party, admitted Democrat, uh, Democratic voters are less than enthusiastic about their 2020 options and that the media has become AOC crazy. Carville said he would vote for Sanders if he wins the Democratic nomination, but only begrudgingly because he didn't have another choice. But look at the British Labor Party. We're talking about people voting from jail cells. We're talking about not having a border. I mean, come on, people, Carville said. In the end, Carville said the Democrats should focus on running smart campaigns that focus on retaking control of the Senate. You and I know that 18% of the country elects 52 senators, he said, addressing former Democratic Senator Claire McCaskill. The urban core is not going to get it done. What we need is power. Do you understand? That's what this is about. And I think he, what he's saying is, uh, Elizabeth and, and uh, Bernie, you're, you're crackpots. He's too smart for that party. You know, I, I've always appreciated his opinion and, and what he has to say just because he's He's a pretty smart guy, and I think he's just too smart for the rest of them. And I think they're all going to go, okay, Boomer, mm-hmm. you just shut up and go away, old man, because uh, you're you're an old fool. Uh-uh. Joe did uh, misquote him, though. Joe quoted him as saying power, and I think he said power. 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 Weekend coming up, I really urge you to visit Schmel's Countryside, Volkswagen. Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood. You got any all-wheel drives over there that can cut through Absolute. snow? Fiat 500X is fun. The okay. uh, Alfa Romeo Stelvio is fun. A variety of Volkswagens, of course, provide all-wheel drive. Uh, they've got you covered, and they've got you covered with panache and history. It's just uh, it's wonderful. As I said, we're in the third generation of family ownership of Schmelz. And uh, they don't own 15 other stores. They put their heart and soul into this store. I'm on uh, my next purchase will be at least my sixth from Schmel's Countryside. Right now, Alfa Alpha Romeo's having a sign-then-drive performance event. Alfa Romeo 2019s are on clearance. Uh, they're clearing out 2019 Fiats with discounts up to $5,000 off on the 124 Spider, which, of course, has captured my attention because it's a modern sports car that you don't require 15 people from the union to come over and put the top up and down. <laughs> Also, 2020 Volkswagen Tiguans are on the ground and ready for delivery. And when you enter the showroom, would you please tell them you've been sent there by the GL Podcast or or were at least motivated to see what they have to offer by the GL Podcast? And let me remind you once again, you're out there, you're in the Porsche Macan market, the Jag F-Pace, the Audi Q5, the Benz GLC or the BMW X3. Go blow your socks off and look at the window sticker on an Alfa Romeo Stelvio. Affordable, baby? Oh, yes, especially compared to the Yermans. Schmelz. Schmelz Fiat.com. Schmelz Alfa Romeo.com. Schmelz VW.com. It's on the southeast corner of Highway 36 and 61. Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. 
It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Looking something up on my calendar. Oh. A picnic, May. perhaps, in May? Ooh, May. The Stones are here on a Saturday night. Is that a Saturday? I was May wondering. May 16th. Yeah. Danger. Danger. That's really Danger. Good. Danger. That's really going to be fun. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think I'm going. How about you, John? I yeah, I think I'm going also. If you've seen him before. I have. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Kenny, what do you think? I've never seen him. Really? Not once. You should, just for never. the hell of the cultural you know, experience. And, and not only that, I've I've met and hung out with Ron Wood, and I was invited to Mick's birthday party, and I turned down the invitation. Really? But I've never seen which him is, live. Which is why you're alive today. Well, Rook and I know a doctor who turned down flying from here to Seattle with him yeah. on their plane. <laughs> Dr. Nick. his wife said... But really? You think you're going to do that? <laughs> you got eight kids. If you get you on that eight plane, kids, I would hope that done. the reason he turned it down is because, much like me, he's a hipster. He doesn't need that to validate his existence. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you can look at it that. What are you personally? Going? I would have gone. I would have gone and just risk it. Easier to ask for uh, what is it? Because uh, by then they were done with hedonism to a large right, extent. Right. Right. I mean, Even though when he, he was on the plane, Keith bellied right up to the bar. Well, that's on the right. plane. You can have a drink. What but are. what are you looking? Uh, what do you want to see or hear when you go? I, this- I, I don't anticipate anything. I'm going to hear the old war horses. Yeah. I just wish I could hear a, a, a different set. The best live set I've heard them do was in St. Louis. You remember the, that? Uh, uh, it was like a documentary was made of it or something. They had to be spirited in and out of there in a laundry truck. And they were at in St. Louis uh, where the blues play. And they did uh, a really, really throwback set of huh. some really good stuff. And they were the best that I've heard them ever sound in my life. Time out. Laundry truck. What's the story? Well, they... Just disguise? Undercover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was okay. just like a club, right? So, no, no. They no? were in a big arena. Oh, it was a big but arena. But okay. for some reason, they did the whole laundry truck thing. Huh. And uh, and they did, uh, you know, Time is on My Side, stuff like that. Really old stuff that was fantastic. So uh, I, I'm going to go, but I'm going to bite the. But I'm going to be biting my lip because I know I'm going to hear you know the well, same old he, song. Uh, sure. Last August, you want a set list? Yeah, Street Fighting Man. We're, we're from where? Uh, this would be in Seattle, Century right. Link Field. Street Fighting Man. Heard that eight times. You got me rocking. Yeah, Tumbling Dice. Yep. Beast of Burden. Yep. You can't always get what you want. Right. Uh, Sweet Virginia. I like oh, that. Interesting. Dead yeah. Flowers. I like that. Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. Honky Tonk Women. Oh, you, I can do without that. You got the Silver, which is actually a Keith Richards thing. Right. And, and before they make me run, Keith Richards. Uh, Miss You. Mm-hmm. Midnight Rambler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paint It Black. Start Me Up. Jumpin' Jack Flash. Brown Sugar. And the Encores. Give Me Shelter. And, I, of course, Satisfaction. Yeah. Are, are acquiring tickets, is that going to be a problem? Is this going to sell? No, Joe will have a bunch of uh, people coming up from <laughs> Chicago, and he'll uh, he'll pick up the tickets. I wonder where this tour, if this tour takes them to Chicago. Uh, if I know your offspring like I think I do, he'll see both shows. Yeah, he will. This guy already knows the schedule, yeah. and he's planned out a route. Look up, well, no, look I, up I, no I, filter tour. I'm almost there. So are, you, right, going to, almost there. are you going to rely on him to buy your ticket, or are you going to take care of this? Are you sure as hell ain't going to buy me a ticket? No, I... I, I <laughs> the great concert experiment. The, the great beer experiment. That failed after two days. But, I mean, you are know, you going to say to him, hey, since you're buying a ticket anyway, could you buy me one? Is that No, it? I'm not going to do that. No. So you're actually going to sit on hold or go to the computer? Or? I don't know. how I'll have the CP Oh, no, Kenny's it. talking about the logistics of because getting tickets for you rather than you buying them no, yourself, no, not the purchase. What I'm actually looking for, Matt, is uh, for him to buy me a ticket. That's what <laughs> I, got I, I don't want to sit on hold and... 
I don't want to go to a website. No <laughs> Chicago. No Chicago. Uh, Vancouver, the, uh, four days before here, then Minneapolis, then Nashville, Dallas, Orchard Park, New York, Detroit. Oh, man, I'm going to have a house full. St. May Louis. 16th. Although St. Louis would be just as close for him to go. Yeah, that's not a that's a quick run. Yeah. Anyway, May sixteenth. Uh, I don't know when the tickets go on sale. Um, I guess I do. They go on sale to the public Feb fourteen. That's a week from tomorrow. But if you're an American Express card holder, which I am not, apparently you can start getting them Feb twelve. That's not fair. Yeah, but that should be fun. I mean, they're you know they're eighty years old. What the hell? Yeah. I got to go tip my hat to them. I actually get uh, I get. Junk mail from uh, American Express telling me that I'm not qualified. (laughs) (laughs) We're sorry, sir. Once again, Mr. Olson. Don't don't even think about it. (laughs) Chief Offside Correspondent uh, Kelsey uh, sent me a brief video of an electrified Trump sign. It's a guy's uh, Trump yard sign, Trump 2020. And uh, his doorbell camera or or him filming it himself from his house, you see a pedestrian walking down the sidewalk, and the guy gives the Trump sign a little look. Then he says, I'm going to rip that out of there. And he Ooh. runs up and grabs it and electrocutes himself. <laughs> <laughs> rolling around on the grass. It's just, it's just wonderful. Because the homeowner hooked up 110 volts to the sign. Love it. So the guy grabs it and he goes. <laughs> he actually jumps up in the air yeah. like a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. I think that's illegal. I, I would not encourage GLers to do that. That's uh, no. <laughs> Excuse me. It's a yes. booby it's trap. It's no less thing. fun. Yeah, it's a booby trap thing, and I don't think they allow that. <laughs> yeah. Just a minute, I got a little drink. Of water. We've had Hang a f- few cases I... of that where people have been repeatedly broke into, and they'll electrify the door handle. And uh... here it is. <laughs> that was the audio of him going up to the Trump sign and getting zapped. Hail the flashlight king! Hail you! Kudos. Is it kudos? Kudos? Kudos. 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 Whatever, Kenny. I don't know what it is. Kudos sounds like an animal from you know, Argentina. Yeah. God, she got a, me a kudu. Isn't that a Stephen King novel? Yeah. Kudos. Kudos? Kudos. Oh, kudos. Interesting. Interesting. He's got some great points. May I get to them without interruption? Sure. Mm-hmm. Try. You can try. Kudos no. to you uh, for your interview with Dr. Osterholm. I thought you asked all the right significant questions, and he responded with pertinent Meaningful answers. Uh, great reporting by you and your podcast. But I have a couple of takeaways that let me feel that left me feeling both worried and annoyed. Number one, how did our country give away production of medical devices, drugs, and supplies to countries like China and India? Would you really want your kidney dialysis done on a machine built in Wuhan? Just this morning, I looked at the bottle of one of my prescription drugs made in India. Should I trust this medicine? Number two, instead of jetting all over the world hyperventilating about climate change, and this is a really great point, shouldn't our leaders be more focused on things like spread of infectious diseases, getting clean water and indoor plumbing to half the world that still poops outside? I've said for a long time that the world doesn't need a self-driving car, but the world certainly needs better sanitation. That's a fantastic point. Number three, why are some of these Democrat socialists uh, when are some of these uh, Democrat socialists going to explain how their utopian global government would deal with coronavirus? They can't organize a vote by a bunch of Iowa farmers. How would they solve a worldwide pandemic? Uh, off topic, my family discussed the caucus voting fiasco for Monday night, and our unanimous conclusion was that voting needs to return to old school procedures. Here, here. Paper ballots placed in a locked wooden box, then counted by hand. 
You also get your thumb dipped into purple ink, so no more voting twice, Royce. Plus, you must show a government-issued ID card and proof of citizenship and residency before you get your paper ballot. Here, here. My personal opinion for absentee voting would be allowed only for cases of medical unavailability and military deployments. Sorry, Kenny, deer hunting does not justify missing your responsibility to vote in person. Carl Bear, Northfield. Very good point. Carl's right, and thankfully, deer hunting and the election do not clash this year, so it won't be a problem. I think it's outrageous not to to expect people not to show proof of identity. Right, you got to do that to buy a pack of cigarettes. Trust but verify. Let's uh, take a break and come back with Johnny Height. All right, let's do that, Suchi Boy. Prior to that, I'm going to tell you about Jack's Cafe. Jack's Cafe is located in northeast Minneapolis. They do a fantastic job of accommodating you and your hard-earned money via the Rookie VIP GL date night menu. You have to ask for it specifically. They won't just bring it out to you. But it is a four-course meal. It is a bottle of wine. You've got desserts. You've got several different choices. I really want you to experience that because they do a fantastic job. Billy is a third-generation business restaurant owner, and the family prides themselves on wonderful ambiance. To the uh, backyard where they've always decked out for spring, summer, winter, fall, whatever the case may be. And if you want to accommodate, you got a party? They got it. Weddings, grooms, dinners, private rooms, 25 to 250 people. And right now, if you have not uh, sampled their Sunday brunch, it's second to none. We got a Mardi Gras brunch from uh, on two twenty three March uh, February twenty third. It's second to none. They do brunch like no other. Give them a buzz and make a reservation. Highly recommended. Six one two seven eight nine seventy two ninety seven nineteen twenty eight University Avenue Northeast, right at University and twentieth. Six one two seven eight nine seventy two ninety seven or online at jacks j a x cafe dot com. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Mike Schoonover is on the line, and hopefully between the two of us, Mike, we're going to be able to talk rookie off the ledge with some seriously positive news, since you do, after all, sponsor Positive Thursday. Here's the deal now. GLers, you already know, Schoonover Body Works and Glasses, the premier body shop here in the metro, in business for 80 years, millions of super satisfied customers, and always rated as one of the number one shops in town. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Hey, Kenny. Good so, to see you. Yeah, oh, good to hear you. Yeah, our uh, our little buddy here, rookie. Uh, <laughs> I haven't told you this, and uh, you're not going to be surprised. Rookie's been driving around with a bad windshield and has been procrastinating the repairs due to a multitude of misperceptions. It'll take too long. Yep. It can't be done in the winter, yep. and on and on and on. Mike. Please explain to Mike or explain to Matt how easy this is and how long it'll actually take. I don't want to sit for four hours in a waiting room looking at Life magazine and watching Fox Nine News. Pipe down, pipe Jeez. down. Go hey, ahead. You and Mike. I could visit in the waiting room. We we could we could talk a lot. So is that bring, a good handle? Go What's going to happen? So hey, so he needs to uh, uh, or Rook, you need to uh, get a hold of your insurance company. Yep. Let them know you got a broken windshield and you want to have it replaced. And uh, let them know that you want to have Schoonover Body Works do it. And uh, they will contact us and send us the claim. 
will in turn reach out to you and, and figure out a day and a time to get it all worked out. And, um, you know, between uh, rental cars and shuttle service and a nice waiting room, we can, we can figure something out uh, to, uh, so that you're not waiting in the waiting room for four, hour, four hours. If you give me a little Sudoku book, I'll, I'll be very happy with however long it takes. I know you guys are professionals, but, uh, yeah, it's not like he has anything else to do, Mike. Come on. Well, you know, we'll, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll take good care of your, uh, Rook. Well, it sounds like you're making it too sweet to pass up, and uh, I'll uh, turn this spot back over to Kenny so he can tell you how to get a hold of Schoonover if you're having the same problem. That's it's seriously that's as positive as it gets. It's super easy. Thanks, Mike. Schoonover Body Works and Glass, always rated at the top of the list for body shops here in the Twin Cities. They also do general repairs and, of course, glass work. You may uh, you may as well take it to the very best in town. And the joint is full of GLers, so you're among friends. Check them out, schoonoverbodyworks.com. Ruck drove to 30 bales last week. Mm-hmm. Picked me up. Yeah. My eye was instantly drawn First damn thing to the cracked saw. windshield. First damn thing he saw. And I was terrified the whole way because <laughs> it's significantly cracked. And, you're, a, and I told him, you... I can't yeah. say what I told no, you. You better. I not. said you call. It's you have insurance. It pays yeah. for the windshield. Is he still on the line? Did he hang up? No, he's gone. Uh, you should have piped in because it's really super simple. Of course it, it is. It's really simple. You You're out of your mind to drive around in that dumpy thing with a cracked windshield. <laughs> he, uh, he, he drove like this as if <laughs> I thought the thing was, was going to come pop. in. Yeah, and I was hoping a little, just for fun, a little. I was trying to get you know, behind a dump truck. There's something you might not know, but uh, um, Matthew, um, windshields account for part of the structural Absolutely. integrity of the vehicle. They actually help keep yes. the vehicle together. What do you in, think holds the roof up in the event of a crash? Mine has been, um, what shall we say, uh, intruded, Com- compromised, compromised. Be compromised. A better word. Thank you. Here's Johnny. Thanks. And then he looked at the instrument panel and saw that one of my tires was low. Right. <laughs> Drove me crazy. Hey, John Height. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> and St. Paul? We should have put a camera in there. Remember when I did the one time I picked him up in the, uh, I said, and here comes the mark. And I, again, first thing he does is look around the truck to see what's broken. <laughs> we got to put a camera in your car. In St. Paul, a permit is needed on parked cars on some residential streets, but the city council now says some people with permits are selling them to make a quick buck. Amy Brenbowen, St. Paul City Council President, said people were asking their residential parking permits, uh, using, excuse me, their residential parking permits to sell during the state fair time to use as a moneymaker. Brilliant. Yards became parking lots when the state fair begins, but some people living nearby say people are taking it a step further. They've reported seeing parking permits rented out or sold to non-residents, and with it, it brought heavier traffic. Brenda Moen said if you have two permits, you can sell them, and then people can park on the street until they leave, and then you can sell them again. Brilliant. So during the course of a day, people pay upwards of 20 to 30 bucks to park, and that's just not the intent of what the residential parking permit is. St. Paul City Council members came up with a plan which would amend Chapter 164 of the Legislative Code. It would prohibit those poops. <laughs> it would prohibit the sale of parking permits issued for residential parking permit areas. Anyone who sells a permit and gets caught would be guilty of a misdemeanor. They also oh, wouldn't geez. get to have a permit for wow. a year. Uh. Council members are expected to vote on the ordinance next week. As long as it passes, the rules will go into effect within 30 days. There's no 
There's no consistency in the salon. You don't have to pay for the CD you stole from the library, and you don't have to pay to get on the damn light rail train, and you don't have to uh, uh, pay to get your broken taillight fixed. But God forbid somebody makes an honest 40 bucks during the state fair. There you go. There you go. God help us. Maybe we'll have gun drops. Yeah. Gun drops or leave your gun here. We'll babysit your gun. (laughs) I have... uh, I've often wondered if a guy couldn't just buy a couple of houses over there and just tear the houses down. <laughs> so he has more room to park cars. <laughs> yeah, neighbors would love that. <laughs> As violent crime escalates on Metro Transit's light rail lines, Minnesota lawmakers will now debate a proposed bill that would require Metro Transit to hire an independent company to conduct a top-to-bottom safety audit. They're going to have transit ambassadors with capes and chain right. mail. But, Hello, but, I'm the ambassador. They're Where are gonna, you going? They're Paying money to an outside group to tell us what we already know. We already know it's fraught with danger. Light rail train operator Honey Darling told the Legislative oh, Commission... You got a personal phone number? I kind of like to shout <laughs> your name. <laughs> told the Legislative Commission on uh, Metropolitan Government the light rail has become, quote, an embarrassment and is unsafe on a daily basis for Metro Transit employees and riders alike. She said, we've had murders on our platform, murders on our trains, we've had numerous rapes, we've pleaded with management with safety grievances, safety reports, and it's all fallen on deaf ears, and we're begging people to listen to us. Darling said every day Metro Transit employees are put at risk by what she described as constant criminal activity and behavior, which threatens the viability of the system. She said if we want people to keep using light rail as it's intended, something needs to be done. We have one of the largest police forces in the metro area, yet there are very few Metro Transit police officers scheduled to work the night shift when the majority of the crime happens. Hmm. Representative Paul Torkelson told the Legislative Commission on Metropolitan Government he's proposed a bill that requires the Met Council to hire an independent company to conduct a full-scale safety audit of light rail trains. Find that uh, beer guy, Rook. Uh, I'll tell you why in a moment. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. Torkelson said it's the Metropolitan Council and Metro Transit's job to get this back in order. They're taking some steps, but I'm not sure they're being aggressive enough. Met Council's Judge Shetnan told lawmakers the agency agrees there is a problem that needs to be addressed, but said it would require more than a year-to-year one-time financial commitment from the legislature. He said, we welcome any opportunity or idea which could make things safer on our light rail trains, but I don't want us to lose track of the fact that this is an ongoing sustainable plan. We have to make sure we can afford it. The first safety bill for Metro Transit and light rail trains will be heard next Thursday when the state legislature convenes. Where, what was your source for that uh, story, John? Uh, that uh, came, yes, in both papers. Five Eyewitness News, this one. but uh, okay. yes, The reason I asked, because uh, Janet Moore for the Star Tribune used this word that I just love. Uh, two tr- the two train operators you quoted there characterized the green and blue lines in near dystopian yeah. terms. Yeah. 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 And that pretty much paints the picture, doesn't it? Dystopian is a grim, grim and <laughs> dark and dark. cloudy yeah. and Dystopian. Yep. Yeah. We know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, her name reminded me, there's Honey Darling. I assume that's a female. I said she, so I'm yeah, hoping. A, so I'm hoping so. What well, pronoun uh, are you using, John? It reminded me of the of the call that I need to hear every once in a while because it really reminds us to be grateful. And I'm I'm being serious. It reminds us to be grateful for our lives. She took my beer. Avon in... Police Department. Hello. Hi. You have no. They, gave, they told you to give it back to me. No, I told them I wanted to give it to you. It's a fight over a beer. My name's John Bansley. They just picked me up for public intake. Uh-huh. And they dropped me off at my 
ex-wife's house. Okay. Mm-hmm. They gave her the beer and said, don't let them leave. And now she's got the beer, and she says, I'm going to keep it. And all I got is that beer. That's the only thing I got to my name. You know what? It'll all work out. I'll be out of the city. I'll be out of the state in two shakes of a lamb style. Okay. I'm sorry for bothering you. That's okay. I'll have an officer come talk to you. We'll resolve it, okay, hon? Nah, you don't need to have an officer come over. Okay. Well, I've got one in the area, so if you want to talk to him, he's right out there by your house. Where did she go? I don't hear her anymore. Nah, she went into her room. She's probably talking to her new boyfriend. Oh, oh you got a God. personal phone number? You sound kind of pretty. I don't. Sorry. <laughs> Airborne, my lady. Airborne. All right. Take care, John. Oh, God help us Airborne, all. Airborne, my lady. God what help us all. How the mighty oh. have fallen. He was once a warrior for this country. Yeah. Uh, President Trump. Wow. It's a... a it's it's a day for President Trump. Let's put it that way. He blasted, quote, dishonest and corrupt people Thursday morning at the National Prayer Breakfast, bashing his impeachment before the nonpartisan. God, naive. I didn't think he would. Before the nonpartisan event with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi just a few seats away from him. As everybody knows, my family, our great country and your president have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very dishonest and corrupt people, he said. They've done everything possible to destroy us and by doing so very badly hurt our nation. They know what they're doing is wrong, but they put themselves far ahead of our great country. Walking upon the stage, he lifted up copies of USA Today and the Washington Post with the large headlines that said Trump acquitted splashed across the front pages. It all comes one day after the Senate voted to acquit the president on both impeachment charges he faced, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. Senator Mitt Romney uh, voted to convict Trump on the abuse of power article, the only GOP member to vote for Trump's conviction. In an apparent shot at both Pelosi and Romney, Trump said, I don't like people who use their faith as justification for doing what they know is wrong, nor do I like people who say I pray for you when they know that that's not so. Got a prayer breakfast, he's he's saying. Yeah. Not the proper place. Now, uh, after that, he uh, went back to the White House and he held, I guess it was sort of a press conference. He spoke before a bunch of people, including some reporters. He spoke and he took questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a bit vindictive and angry at the Mm -hmm. noontime event. Uh, President Trump thanking some of the people on his team who have been what he called incredible warriors. And he dismissed the previous Russia investigation as BS, but he he did not say BS. He said the actual word. Trump told an East Room packed with conservative lawmakers, media pundits, and a number of cabinet officials, it was evil, it was corrupt, it was dirty cops, it was leaks and liars. Adam Schiff is a vicious, horrible person. Nancy Pelosi is a horrible person, and she wanted to impeach a long time ago. He again uh, claimed that uh, Nancy Pelosi doesn't pray, saying... When she says, I pray for the president, she doesn't pray. She may pray, but she prays for the opposite. Oh but I God. doubt she prays at all. How about just win and shush? No, you're shush. as naive as me. That's what Kenny said. It's not going to happen. Shush. It's not going to happen. Uh, he said some other uh, strange things. For instance, remember Steve Scalise, the GOP representative yes. who uh, got shot? He got he? shot during the baseball Softball practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Maybe practice. Whatever. He looked at Scalise and said, I think you're better looking now than you used to be. You're more handsome now. You weren't that good looking. Joking, I'm assuming. Trump then talked about the shooting and reenacted a gun being shot. So he gave him the... <sighs> to Scalise. 
Uh, Jim Jordan was a there. A lot of people also. are better looking after they get shot. Yeah, Jim Jordan was there. <laughs> He's a backer. For me. Didn't well, work for me when no, I got shot. Didn't. He's a backer of Trump. Uh, asked uh, he asked everybody why Jim Jordan never wears a jacket, saying he must be very proud of. Are his you guys thing. coming down on him just because he was goofing off and having some fun? Must be I mean, very... he is allowed to have fun, right? Do you think this was fun? Well, it sounds like he was just goofing off and having fun. All right, this. how about this? He called the FBI leader scum. That, that's probably not fun. <laughs> that's well, fun. I call, I call you guys that every day. Yeah, but we're not the FBI leaders. Said if well, he, it wouldn't make any difference if you were. That's why I never got that joke. You FBI leaders are scum. I never got it, Kenny. Uh, said if he hadn't been elected, by now the stock market would have collapsed and various other things. I, well, I he guess, was having his day in the I, sun. I, I guess we'll the market, quitter. The market did go up a little bit during the speech, didn't did it? Did not? it? Is I, it, is I think it up did. a little bit. Well, I can tell you what it's, it's doing right, right now. now. It's... Uh, uh, it's up point two two zero point two two percent zero point two two twenty nine three five four. It's. You, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Kenny. Uh, well, I was going to ask you guys if you saw Twitter really early this morning. I turned it on, and trending was a topic um, regarding Pelosi actually breaking the law by tearing up her official copy of the president's speech. Yeah. And now I can't find it anywhere on Twitter, and I'm mm. wondering. If that, in fact, is is true, did she, in fact, break that law? Uh, yes and no, apparently. But uh, Matt Getz, who's crazy yeah. as a loon, has, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Whoops. Oh, God, I'm in trouble. I'll edit that out, John. Representative Getz uh, has now filed ethics charges against Pelosi for destroying, quote, official records and ripping up. Well, I don't speech, care what so. you say about Matt. I, I, I'm behind him. Don, you <laughs> shake Nancy's hand. Nancy, you don't tear up the speech. This isn't difficult, it's children. Not, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Uh, as Joe said, the Rolling Stones headed to Minneapolis. It's a May 16th date for the No Filter Saturday Tour. Saturday night. Saturday. That, that could be fun. Yeah. Right. The last time the band performed here, 2015, at TCF Bank Stadium. American Express cardholders can buy tickets before the general public February 12th at 10 in the morning. Uh, the general public, you can start getting them Valentine's Day, February 14th what? at 10 in the morning. Mm. I wonder if they're going to be outrageously priced. Uh, Yes, probably, yes. Uh, Kirk Douglas, one of the last surviving movie stars from Hollywood's golden age, whose good looks and muscular intensity made him a commanding presence, has died. He was 103 years old. His uh, son, the actor Michael Douglas, announced the death in a statement on his Facebook page. Uh, Douglas had made a long and difficult recovery from the effects of a severe stroke he suffered back in 1996. He still hungered for success in the theater after his movie uh, star uh, status. I did not know this. He uh, starred in the Broadway adaptation in 1963 of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I did not know that. I did not either. Of course, the movie part. Was uh, he the Jack Nicholson role? He was. He was Randall P. McMurphy. Randall McMurphy. Yep. Uh, he uh, he played that part to mixed reviews. Jack Nicholson played it 12 years later in the movie. A few years earlier, Douglas, who had worked his way free of studio contract and formed his own company, helped to break up the blacklist. His company company, Burner Productions, made waves when he embarked on a film version of Spartacus. He decided not only to hire Dalton Trumbo, who had been blacklisted during the McCarthy era, uh, era but he, uh, to write the screenplay, but he also put Trumbo's name in the credits rather than using one of the pseudonyms he had been using. Uh, Douglas wrote, we had all been employing the blacklisted writers. It was an open secret and an act of hypocrisy as well as a way to get the best talent at bargain prices. I hated being part of that system. Name his first movie. I can't. The Strange Loves of Martha Ivers, Ivers. starring Babs Stanwyck. Really? Yep. Your yep. gal. Your yep. gal. Yep. 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 1946. Douglas considered himself a failure 
because his goal was to be a theater actor, not a movie star. Interesting. Well, the movie's paid better. Yeah, but he said, he said I had to. Just a but that bit. wasn't my goal. Uh, creepy here. Senior U.S. Navy officer says his service, uh, no, he in his service that he no longer considers the East Coast of the United States as uncontested or an automatic safe haven because a lot of Russian submarine activity. The, the Russians are coming. The Russians are yeah. coming. Oh you, boy. U.S. Navy Vice Admiral Andrew Woody Lewis made the comments at a gathering at the U.S. Naval Institute and the Center for Strategic and International Studies. You should have led with this. This is big news to me. He said, our new reality is that when our sailors toss the lines over and set sail, they can expect to be operating in a contested space once they leave Norfolk, Virginia. Our ships can no longer expect to operate in a safe haven on the East Coast or merely cross the Atlantic unhindered to operate in another location. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, that's Jeez. not good. So they're just hanging out there. Yeah, seeing what's going on. Have you guys ever been to Virginia Beach, right by Norfolk? I have not. No. no. If you like, uh, if you like the Air Force and you like jets and planes, fighter jets, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you got to go lay on the beach at Virginia Beach because they come right over the top of you when they're landing. Mm-hmm. It is yeah, so wow. cool. Yeah, yeah. It is very cool. I yeah. want to go to St. Bart's just to sit on the beach and watch the planes <laughs> land. Is that that's the one where it's right above you? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. A Milwaukee gas station is fighting to keep its business license after an amateur porn star recorded a sex video in the snack aisle. A Fox 6 investigation found the man who shot and took part in the video. In the snack aisle. The snack, snack aisle. I didn't order a burrito. <laughs> Makes money by making sex videos in public places all over the Milwaukee area. Really? Yeah. For decades, there's been a gas station at the uh, corner. Clean of, up in aisle three, please. <laughs> Thank you. There's been a gas station at the corner of 35th Street and Townsend in Milwaukee's Roosevelt Grove neighborhood. Uh, if uh, Alderman Khalif Rainey gets his way, it won't be there much longer. In July 2018, a convicted felon turned the gas station into a porn set while the business was open. Clifton Daly, who lives behind the store, said, quote, he had nothing on but a bathrobe. What's, what's the song? He had nothing on but a smile. Yes, they call him the streak. <laughs> Video shows Frederick Allen, an aspiring rapper and amateur porn model, having sex in the center aisle. With well, who? Well, well, another person. When a man, lucky when a man loves a woman. Guy. Alderman Rainey said during testimony, keep in mind, it was right next to the chips and right across from the sunflower seeds. Sure. What does that have to do with anything? Well, uh, you don't want to buy the, by the food. You know, you don't you don't want that. Oh, I see. Like he was referencing hygiene. Activity. Yeah. Hygiene. Yeah, yeah, it was right by the chip dip. That, yeah. Which mm. uh, Alan is known among online fans for explicit acts in public places. He's made, his, give me his first name. Video. <laughs> Frederick. Well, did he do this with the cooperation of whoever owns the well, service station? funny you should ask that, Joe. Let me skip to that part of the story, yeah. and uh, we'll skip the rest of this. Sure, I think uh, we should. He's got 67,000 subscribers on his channel, by the way, on Pornhub. This really? Alan fella. Huh. Uh, um, let's see I'm clicking here. on it now, and, oh, company, uh, yeah, I can't get there. <laughs> As Alan engages in the sex act on the floor of the convenience store, Lequant Dillon, the gas station owner, can be seen standing behind the glass watching. One of his employees is also there recording the whole thing with a cell phone. Uh, Milil Coggs, an older woman, said the bad choice to allow staff to tape it, that to me is just as bad as not calling the police. One of the reasons they want to shut down the gas station. That's an insult to gasoline. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, there's a take on it I didn't consider. It's, like, it's an insult to cylinders. You are the greatest. That's why you're the mayor. You're yeah. the greatest. Never insult to cylinders. You can never be replaced. No? Nobody, and I mean nobody, would have thought of that. Nope. No? Absolute insult. <laughs> the greater Tokyo area in Japan, uh, they have a crime problem. They have it for about 10 years now. People smash public toilets in city parks why? at an alarming rate. What? In, in Japan? Yeah, in Tokyo. In Higa-Rigoka Park, 85 toilets alone have said to have been broken since March of 2014. That's about 92 grand in U.S. money in damages. And now the metropolitan government has had enough, is fighting back, commissioning a line of cast iron urinals that can repel most human-powered attacks. The task of creating the indestructible toilets fell on the Saitama branch of the nationwide ironworks Itoteco. Uh, they've been known to provide iron fencing for different things. So one of their members asked if they could make a strong toilet. A full toilet is very difficult to forge from iron, so they started with the simpler design of a a urinal. Just started with a urinal. However, even making a urinal was much more challenging than expected. Edoteco had to consider things like stream angles and minimizing splashback in its design while not infringing on other designs' copyrights. Mm -hmm. Still, they persevered, created one heck of a strong urinal in the demonstration video. It withstands a 16-and-a-half-pound iron ball being bounced constantly off it. I know a guy that has a urinal in his garage, right there in his garage, and I was so impressed with this that I decided to put my own version of this in my shop. Yeah. It's a two-gallon gas can with a funnel on it. <laughs> yeah. Works nice. pretty good. That's what nice. I work. <laughs> Works pretty nice. good. Did the wow. one you see to have at the oak swinging doors like a, yes. a men's club yeah. in Philadelphia? So you've seen it in Home and Design magazine, yeah. haven't yeah. you? Yeah. 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 You know, kind of have, they have the saloon. At the saloon? At the saloon doors. the saloon doors. Saloon doors. Saloon doors. One more. Uh, one more story. Sure. And then we're going to talk sure. to Patrick from the yeah. fort. Let me let me pick Good, my he's best. He's on the canopy group. Let here. me pick my best story. I only got one left. I guess it's going to be that one. Huh? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> and, he was, he, and he had looked at that story and figured it wasn't good Never enough. Never has there been a show more honest with the listeners. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I got They see right through us anyway. They do. Gotta it do was so fun do. being over at Thirty Bales a couple of weeks ago because all the GLers. <laughs> last week, yeah, was, when, last when I walk week. in, all the GLers go, "Hey, dummy, how you doing?" Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, like, "Well, I'm home." <laughs> a Yukon, Oklahoma neighborhood is on edge after one of their neighbors went on a violent spree breaking down a fence and barricading himself inside his home and throwing fecal matter at his neighbor. Uh, like a monkey at the zoo. Exactly. Yeah. Eventually, the bomb squad and the SWAT team were called out. He was taken into custody. It was all caught on film. David Baird had his gun in hand after his neighbor, John Stafford, was allegedly trying to break down their shared fence. How was he trying to break it down? With a Roomba vacuum cleaner. There you go. <laughs> Boy, that's the Samer theory. Uh-huh. His wife and kids. Aren't they the things that drive around by themselves? (laughs) Okay. Leave them alone. Well, was the Roomba like backing up and smacking it, or was he holding it in his hand? Uh, I'm assuming it was backing up and going. (laughs) 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 A Monty Python skin or something. It was like the leader of the marching band in Animal House. (laughs) I want to get you uh, eventually (laughs) at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, the SWAT team and the bomb squad and the robot were called out. Uh, they were able to get him uh, uh, arrested. He did yell many, many obscenities at the uh, Good Lord. SWAT team. I, yeah. I won't uh, take no, all those in no. there. Right, he's thank he's you. still in jail right thank now. Thank you. We're going to so. have Patrick joining us.
Recently, you were inundated with countless home and auto insurance ads around Super Bowl time. Did you really listen to these ads? What were they trying to tell you? They are on your side. Let's hope. They've seen a few things. That's obvious. I truly don't know about you're in good hands or double check. What are we checking? They are only one company with one agent. No options. All of them. No options. Call the Canopy Group. Our message is clear. You get 16 companies and 20 professional agents. As home and auto insurance needs change, the Canopy Group will help you find another insurance company to meet your individual needs. No fancy ads, just the simple promise of providing you the best insurance company at the best price, year in, year out. New clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Call the Canopy Group at 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Give us your wisdom on the uh, trade. (laughs) Well, Gerson Rosas has went from a non-entity to a hero because not so much because he got D'Angelo Russell, but because he got Wiggy, Mm -hmm. got rid of Wiggy. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, who was making a maximum contract and uh, producing eh, about a third of that and uh, seemed to have his laconic moments. Yes, he was. Uh, he would uh, kind of doze off and have about a th- two weeks where he uh, no-showed. So everyone's very delighted. Now, I'm reading some stories from a few days ago that uh, Golden State actually wanted him because uh six foot eight type of guy, uh small forward, they figure that he will fit better when uh, they get healthy next year with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. But that's based on will he go out and now that he's playing with a great player like Steph Curry and another great player like Clay Thompson and actually try uh, we don't know. We don't know if he if he can change or if he can't change. They also uh, gave up a number one draft choice, and people are saying, "Hooray!" They didn't have to give up any of this year's number ones. Well, uh, the Golden State didn't want this year's number ones. They wanted because uh, this is supposed to be a horrible draft, and they wanted uh, they wanted the draft in 2021, which is protected only if the Timberwolves were to get one of the first three choices, and of course, if they get one of the three. Th- first three choices then this draft then this trade has been a complete disaster so uh well it's all well anyway. and good but i was referring to the twins trade <laughs> oh I well knew it. I knew but, it. but the twins trade the uh has become secondary news here in the last hour we'd like so, to be yeah. up to date yeah, on the yeah. but explain the twins thing to me because we were really working with this kid weren't we and he's gone now well, well maybe gone. it may be not. Here's the deal. Yep. Uh, the Red Sox made this trade. When did it pop? Yesterday morning? Two days no, ago, two I days ago. Yeah. Two days ago it popped. And we liked Bruce Dar Gratterall, but they were beginning, uh, they'd already, if you went back and looked at the stories from Twins Fest, he was going to be a bullpenner this year because he only pitched 70 innings last year. Uh, they had him projected a couple of years ago as a, the starter of the future. Then he missed two months with a sore shoulder last year. 
and uh, they uh, they when he came back, they used him in relief with the Twins in uh, in uh, in September, and then and pitched in one uh, one of the playoff games. And they'd already basically said, "Yeah, we think you'll be at our club next year," but it's as a reliever. So now the trade is made, uh, and the Red Sox not only uh, you know get get Bruzdar as a reliever, but they get uh, what the fifteenth best prospect with the Dodgers, John, mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Verdugo, whoever Verdugo, he was, yeah. an okay player, but nothing special. Well. Boston went nuts. Their fan fan base went nuts. They got the hell. They love Mookie. You know, they, Mookie's their all time one of their all time favorites. They went crazy. I don't know, but I think John Henry, the owner, called up Heim Bloom, their new GM, and says, "Get us out of this thing <laughs> yep. somehow." So all of a sudden, wow. they said Bruzdar didn't pass the medicals. Uh, now. Whether this the, this thing goes forward or not, I, I don't know. But the the twins did not make this get involved in this because they're anxious to get rid of Gratterall, but they were, they want to get the pitcher from the Dodgers. Who when he's good, John, he is really good. Yeah, my, Maeda, he's uh, now he's only a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty any guy. But he's 31 years old, and he's got four years. The original contract he signed out of Japan was an eight-year deal. Mm-hmm. And so they got him for four years, and the base is only $3 million. Now he can he can uh, earn some bonuses on that, and he has in those first three years, not last year. But uh, the Twins, the, I think the Twins just got sucked into it about three days ago because they've they thought they were done, and then all of a sudden they could. They had the chance to get this guy, and they got him. And now what happens? I don't know what's going on. Because uh, the uh, the brain trust is not in Fort Myers yet; they're still up in the Twin Cities. So I don't I don't know what's happening. My favorite Red... uh, golf tournament begins today. Well, my second favorite. My favorite's the Masters, but I love Pebble Beach. Well, I know, I know you, you love, like Riviera. I know you love Pebble Beach, and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, we all love Pebble Beach. Yeah. That's for sure. By the way, did Lumpster get in the event? I wonder if Lumpster got in the field. I don't know because next Friday Lumpster makes his debut as a senior. He turns. Uh, he's just turning fifty. He just turned fifty uh, earlier, the, er, a couple of days ago, and he was trying to get into Pebble Beach, and usually. It's easy to get into that because a lot of guys skip it because they don't want to spend four days playing with uh, with uh, amateurs, you know, or three days playing with amateurs. So uh, I, I don't know if he got in not or not, but he's making his senior debut. You're going to be there, aren't Friday you? at Naples. I'm going to go down there. Oh yes. boy, it's uh, not a great golf course. I went down there the other day to take a peek. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of tucked in the back there of a big uh, complex, but anyway. I, I, yes, well, go Pebble Beach. You're going to go home and watch the live action tonight, right? Yes, I am. Yes, okay. I am. That's good. How's That's the weather good. in the fort today, buddy? Turned out pretty good. They were talking about it being cloudy all day, but it's, it must be 80, and it's mostly sunny, mm-hmm. so I, I can't mm-hmm. complain mm-hmm. too much. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, it, it, it's okay. It's 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 been a two diet coker up here in the press box <laughs> for the last couple hours. I've been doing some stuff. So. Are you? 
It's Michael by Cohen. the way, I'm getting a lot, Kenny. I'm getting a lot of abuse on Twitter for pointing out that I had to hire a handyman to install oh a my toilet God, seat. Patrick, it took every ounce of restraint <laughs> oh, to just not completely seat. go off on you. It's two screws. Oh my God! Do you I know how many to put in a toilet seat? It's two screws. So I called up the guy and said, "Hey." Buy a toilet seat and come over and put it in. I said, I texted him a photo of what the toilet seat looked like because some of them are oval and some of them are round. Right? You know I that. found that out. I know that. I, I wanted to make sure it was one that belonged oh, there. This is oh just making me madder. Do you, do you know how many swear words this saved? I could save up for other things because <laughs> I wasn't. You know, why waste it? Why waste them on a toilet seat? Find that number. That's a good line. I, I would have right. been in there cursing up a storm. It would have taken me 45 minutes, and then it would have been wobbly. And uh, this is just, you know, it's just, just a better way to do it. Okay, I'll admit, I'll admit the swear word thing is is uh, correct. The, about a week or so ago, I was replacing the clutch on my washing machine. I I've never it, done that. I had the thing right. tipped what? over and taken all apart. I didn't apart. know they had a clutch. As and a matter of fact. I'm working on this thing, and the wife comes down and starts chattering at me, and I I had I said to her here. Let me do an imitation of me. I gotta breathe the breath like my mouth. Quit talking to me. Well, that would be the. See, that's part of the problem. I would be in there in the toilet. Next, first of all, your head's right next to the toilet. Right. Like Never that. a good. No. A, I don't like that. No, you don't like that. B. B, I'd be in there screaming obscenities, and then it's she'd get two, mad at me. It's two screws, Patrick. Nah, I tried it. I tried to tighten her up, and she didn't work. Oh, wow. Uh, before, with the one I had there now, so, oh. which I, you know, I've been... Uh, you know, it would have required you to use, use your vast tool collection. Too. I do <laughs> have a big tool. Take them out of their I blister do, packages a, they came in. There is a big toolbox out there. Yeah. But this, So the guy says, hey, can I use your tools? And I said, sure. And he says, you don't have a such and such. And I said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know yeah. what that is. I don't use it's gotta that be, one. This is what I got. Figure it out. Okay. Yeah. This is, we got a, you know, hell, she must have spent a hundred bucks for it. It's got everything in there. I don't. Oh, I was so mad at you when I saw that tweet. Oh, a so lousy. Funny. It's it cost me a hundred dollars for peace and quiet, but that included the seat. You know that wasn't all labor. Well, was, plus you got all those words stored up. Yes, I do. Now when I now when I now when one of these people doesn't leave. When the light changes green and right. we miss it, right. I can save all Blast my mother bleepers for them. You know, right. I can use all the ones I didn't use changing the toilet seat. We'll talk but, to you Monday, lad. Yes. By the way, John, I had this thought today uh-huh. when that happened to me. I, I wonder if a sleep at the wheel got their name trying to turn down here in uh, Florida behind people my age. I wonder if that's where they got their name. Uh, I well, know. I know he's from New Jersey, the guy that yeah, started well, it. So. Okay, he probably started It's that. just from being bleep-faced and passing out behind <laughs> the wheel, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, back in the day when you could, a fella could get away with that. Yeah, All right, right Roycey. See you, gents. Thank you. Say, I mentioned Pebble Beach, and it will be on in primetime on the Golf Channel tonight, and then I suppose on the networks over the weekend, but it will coincide with your grilling period. You get the Grunhoffers, you load up a golf weekend variety of brats uh, or summer sausage or uh, side pork or pre-made meatloaf or steaks, ribs, 
chops, burgers, and the weather will be fine. You stand outside, you get the little portable TV there, and you're watching Pebble Beach, and you're thinking you're deluding yourself into thinking you're on the Pacific Ocean. Uh, that's the kind of magic that Grunhoffers can bring about to actually make you think you're at the Pacific Ocean on a sunny Saturday or <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You're going to want to do that Saturday, magic. though. The new yeah. forecast is four to seven inches of snow Sunday. Really? Yeah, but Saturday really? is supposed to be Saturday's hey, fine. We're from the Midwest. Nothing stops us. <laughs> right. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's at the north end of Hugo, right in downtown Hugo on Highway 61, and you can't miss it. It's the GL Meat Palace of the World. There's a big GL red sign out front. You can't, can't miss, miss it. And you go in there, and you say to uh, Spencer, set me up here. Set me up. And if you want any cooking tips, you'll leave with plenty of cooking tips. It's just a fabulous situation for all GLers. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, uh, just north of town on Highway 61. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Tommy Coleman says, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Here's your team hard at work, Mayor. And he uh, linked me to a story out of Milwaukee where the wrestling team at Lomira High School spent its off day shoveling the sidewalks of some of the school's oh, neighbors. come on. Nice. Well, what, but what he's referring to, as I have long contended... That uh, in the St. Paul public school system or Minneapolis, I would have shoveling teams, yep. and and I still think it's a great idea. You'd have scrapers, yep. uh, lifters, choppers, yep. and you'd get a letter in this. I'm being very serious, and somehow you would judge the schools by how well they've kept the school grounds perfectly clear great of snow. Idea. It's a great idea, and these are uh, uh, high school wrestling you could just teams. Just as well go out for baton twirling. Right. Uh, these are uh, high school wrestlers, and it's showing them in the various categories that I would have imagined. Okay. You've got some pushers. All right. Uh, you got scrapers. Yep. You got heapers. Got to be all the way down to pavement, you baby. You got choppers. They're going right to pavement with a fine margin. Yeah. Look some at that. Farm a fine kid, margin. Some farm kid would show up in his F three fifty, unload his Bobcat S one eighty five, and get it all done in about be two minutes. Be fine with me. Right. Be fine with me. You know where they so get all the shovels? That's. At Fratelloni's, Fratelloni's has got a major supply of shovels, choppers. could be the official hardware store of the St. Paul Shoveling League. I love spending Mike's money. I we always too. have ideas <laughs> for Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. We can pay for the patches, the yeah, patches on your leather jacket. <laughs> and then, uh, again, keeping in mind that it's Positive Thursday, I believe Jordy linked me to this. More than a 1,000 scientists have built the most detailed picture of cancer ever. They said cancer was like a 100,000-piece jigsaw and that until today, 99% of the pieces were missing. Their studies published mm. in the journal Nature provide an almost complete picture of all cancers. Wow. This could allow treatment to be tailored to each, each patient's unique tumor or develop ways of finding cancer earlier. The Pan-Cancer Analysis of Whole Genomes Consortium analyzed the whole genetic code of 2,658 cancers, and uh, great, great promises now wow, uh, on the horizon. Amen. That is here, here. super positive. Great, uh, yeah. great, great, uh, great, uh, great promises are ahead here. Unlocking these patterns means it should now be possible to develop new tests that pick up signs of cancer cancer much earlier. The challenge will be knowing which of these mutations will go on to become a cancer and which can be safely ignored. 
Isn't that wonderful? Yes. That's no, that is awesome. That's awesome. That might That's be awesome. Awesome. the proper That's, awesome. Can we awesome. even go so far as to call it awesome sauce? Awesome sauce. I think awesome one sauce. step, maybe one step too far to that one. Yeah. Awesome awesome. One half step back. We murder to dissect, as Shakespeare right. said. Do the Beach Boys story. All right. Because I see it as a positive already because it's hilarious. Some of you might not. One of the co-founders of the Beach Boys has joined a boycott of his own music to, pro- <laughs> to protest it Guess being, which one? <laughs> to protest it being used by another band member at an animal hunting convention. Brian Wilson has denounced the performance of Beach Boys music on Wednesday at the Safari Club International Convention in Reno. The concert is being led by Beach Boys co-founder, lead singer, and chief lyricist Mike Love. In a tweet, Wilson said he and band member Al Jardine are emphatically opposed to trophy hunting. He then pointed to a change.org petition that calls for a boycott of Beach Boys music until the performance is canceled. (laughs) The annual Safari Club convention has drawn protests by animal rights groups for profiting from the hunting of endangered animals and promoting unethical hunting practices. This year's keynote speaker is Donald Trump Jr. In response, Love told Pitchfork magazine, we look forward to a night of great music in Reno and, as always, support freedom of thought and expression as a fundamental tenet of our rights as Americans. So there there's, uh, there's bad blood there between Brian and Michael. You think that was yeah. the equivalent always, of Michael? Of, that was the equivalent of Mike saying, patting uh, him on the head and going, "Okay, thank you, Dennis. Okay, they, Boomer. They, okay, yeah, you're yeah, good yeah, to go. yeah, well, it's Brian number it's one. Not Brian, Brian, not yeah, it's, and, one, it's one of them. And yeah. if I'm taking sides here and it with Mike Love ever, ever, he's oh, a putz. Yeah, I, I understand it, but plus yeah. the chief John, lyricist line. Wow, yeah, what, what's that all about? Who is? I didn't. Yeah. Carl's not around to defend himself. John, I wasn't was, fishing with this one. I really wasn't trying to get a rise out of you, but I'm delighted that I did. I, Mike Love has always, to me, been. Uh, he's the guy that sued, remember? Because yeah. I wrote part of these songs. Okay, genius, thanks. <laughs> this is fantastic. I'm sending, he is not at all the creative brains behind no. the beach. I'm sending John home angry today. I'm yeah. not angry, Kenny. <laughs> we can't be here tomorrow. We can't be nothing tomorrow. We can't even do a best of or anything because... Uh, we've been booted out of the studio because they're going to be installing television cameras. Yeah, yeah. That's very nervous. Frightening. Oh, oh, very nervous. You just broke the news. Yes, I did. Ah, that's okay. Sorry. I. You know what? It's no secret anymore if Suchi has said. And the flood, the audio floodgates are open. It's going to be a whole new world with cameras in here. So you might as well get familiar with the way the podcast used to be by going to garagelogic.com. Or on your app, you can download PodMN from your phone app. If you're not that technologically advanced, you can go to your computer and go to PodMN.com to learn more. All right, we'll see you next time with the Garage Launch. Joe's got to go right. See you, Joe. Joe, you got it right today? Will you mention me in your column?